This news service will be called the Cable News Network and will program continually updated half-hour segments of national news, business news, sports, and features 24 hours a day. I know that we will succeed, and I pledge to you that we will not let the American public down. This evening, John Lennon arrived at the emergency room at the Roosevelt uh, Hospital. He was dead on, at the time of his arrival. Numerous resuscitative efforts were made after his arrival in the hospital, including transfusions, surgical procedures, other procedures. But in spite of the effort of many physicians and after many procedures, we were unable to restore the life of Mr. Lennon. In 1980, the Rubik's Cube was introduced to the world at a toy fair in London. CNN Cable Network News was launched, the first 24-hour news network. John Lennon, the popular musician and former member of the Beatles band, was shot and killed outside his Manhattan apartment in New York. In Zambia, Milton Mufungulua Sipalo was happening on this episode. January 2nd, 1980, 21-year-old Grace Yambilo traveled from Sinazongwe to Lusaka by train to visit a brother who worked for Namboard. This was on her way to Kitwe, a town on the Copabel province of Zambia, where she was to attend interviews at Zambia Institute of Technology. The institution, second to the biggest learning school in the land, the University of Zambia. Things were looking up. However, Grace never reached her destination, figuratively and in the literal sense as well. Instead, on January 5th, her body was found in the bushes behind Lusaka Boys Primary School somewhat decomposed. She was identified by her belongings which were scattered around her body. The police deduced that she had been murdered somewhere else and her body dumped where it was found. The following day, on January 6th, Woodlands Police Station got notified of a body on the gravel road off Chichutuku Road. Upon examination, it was found that the woman had been raped, then strangled. It was some kind of form around her mouth or nose, signifying possibly a chemical use at play. It was determined she was killed right around where she was found 
as there were markings of a struggle all around the area. Police could not identify her. She was guessed to be around 21. On January 12, Florence Mwangelwa Mulema's body was found. She had traveled from Mazabuka to Lusaka by train. She was a student. Form 3. She was 21. Raped and strangled behind NEPA offices. In January 14, Priscilla Njovo was sent to pick up a couple things from a nearby grocery store by her parents. Little did they know it would be the last they would hear from her. Her body was later found in a maize field between Olympia Park and Northmead. Strangled. She was only 10 years old. Saka had a problem. paralyzed with fear. Pressure was mounting for the police to catch whoever was behind the heinous crimes. Of course what they had to figure out first was if this was a commission of one depraved maniac or a group of degenerates preying on lone women. The government was spared the pressure. A curfew was instituted. One was only allowed to move before dusk, unless of course for other things that could be proven or explained and for good reason like work. The police issued an advisory alerting women to be on the lookout for males they did not know offering vehicle rides or to be escorted anywhere. 10,000 kwacha reward was put up for the information leading to an arrest. police decided to create a temporary homicide special investigation team, SIT in short, drawing top talent of detectives from all provinces of the country. Upon studying the cases, which by now were 23 known strangled bodies, establishing the AMO a probable determination was made that more than likely it was one person they were looking for. Areas had been mapped out with the most likelihood of being the grounds for the next commission of the crime. Detective Constable Chicote was one of the members of the SIT deployed for surveillance in the predetermined areas of interest. On July 16th, while deployed at Kamwala bus station at about 7.30 p.m., it also observes that a short stout male in military regalia 
was conversing with the tall young woman in a green dress with white stripes for a rather long time. He did take note also that the man had tribal markings on the face and had no facial hair. following day, it came out that the green-dressed woman had escaped the strangulation. Her name was Nora Soko. She was from Kitwe, coming to visit parents who lived in McKinney. It was dark already by the time she had arrived, which made her cautious. Probably the reason she turned down offers of company help from two army uniformed men. After one had left, the other picked up Nora's luggage and took off. Instinctively, she gave chase. The luggage contained a state-issued national registration card, among other important things. When they were out of public sight, the perpetrator turned to her and tried the strangulation moves he had carried out on so many others before. This one wasn't going to be so easy. She put up a fight. She fought him off. Seeing he couldn't subdue her with his hands, he resorted to using a tool. More like a wrench, Penora's account. After being clobbered, she blackened out. Either from the excruciating pain or the chemical he was supposedly using on his victims as well. Fortunately for her, as she was fighting for her dear life, earlier on, she had been screaming. Some security guards working nearby had heard the screams and rushed to the scene, prompting the perpetrator to flee. She was rushed to the university teaching hospital where she was treated for the sustained wounds. Also, it was reported that there were some developing souls on a tang indicative of some chemical reaction. Her surviving the attack and ability to identify the perpetrator was so critical that she was taken to a psych ward for evaluation of soundness of mind at Chinama Hospital. back next week for the conclusion to this episode. There may be a 10,000 quarter reward.